following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, Got to play pinball and put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. We're Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, where we'll play John Anderson anytime. John Anderson talking about the Seminoles. I just read a book about Andrew Jackson, and uh, they had uh, he had some trouble with the Seminoles, and they had trouble with him. I want to read uh, from Psalm. 27. I've been getting away from reading my Psalms at the beginning of the, uh, of the hour. And, uh, that's, that's not a good habit to get into. So, uh, this is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, In this will I be confident. One thing have I feared of the Lord. That will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, 
he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in the tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. You, I will sing praises. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I say uh, with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, seek my face, my heart said unto me, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me unto the will, deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies, for false witness have risen against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed in the goodness of the house of the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say. On the Lord. Psalm 27. Anybody who feels a sense of righteousness, who desires for good to be done and seen in these days, is going through those sorts of feelings feeling like everything is collapsing, the good is not being done in the, uh, in the marketplace, in the public sphere, uh, concerning politics. I don't care what it is. Concerning religion, concerning uh, corporate America, it seems like people have lost their heart uh, they uh, don't have any courage. You know, they're scared of their own shadow, uh, this sort of thing. And uh, if you dare uh, invoke the name of, of Jesus and, and talk about Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, uh, they look at you funny, um, or they'll say, hey, I agree with you. But do they ever stand up and uh, support you publicly? Very, very rare it is. And I'm not here to preach a message of hopelessness and, and, uh, and sadness. I believe 
I wouldn't keep doing this show and I wouldn't keep coming to you every week if I didn't believe that there was something inherently good about life and about serving God and about um, things that you can do uh, to make life better for other people and yourself. And I believe in conservatism. I believe I support the president. I believe that the conservative way is the right way. Look at the amount of money our com- country has spent on needless giveaway projects that's got to be paid back. Look at the amount of innocent lives that have been aborted and ended before they ever had a chance to um, to live and, and to do anything in life. Uh, you, you look at the, the needless amount of destruction that's gone on in our inner cities in the last few weeks. Tell me, with a straight face, that that was the work of conservatives. Tell me that that was the work of hardworking people who pay their taxes and 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 go to work and uh, do what they're supposed to do. You tell me that that's who did all that. And then you look at education today and politics today, and the absolute whining uh, pitiful excuses for leadership that passes for our our politics, our governor, case in point. You know, you get a lecture every week, every day, about the, 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 you know, be safe, about the coronavirus, and he's begging you to call your senators and congressmen so that Kentucky can have a federal bailout. I didn't care for Matt Bevin very much because he had a lousy personality. But, you know, that was just personal on my part. His... His policies and where he was getting Kentucky going, we were on the way to going somewhere. And now we got the highest unemployment rate in the nation. We're broke. Look at what years and years of Democrat policies have done to our pension plans in this state. And it can be fixed. People like Aaron Ammerman the Bluegrass Institute, they have plans for doing this, but nobody will listen because, you know, they're afraid of the teachers' union or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not afraid of the teachers' union. I will tell them the truth. I respect the teachers' union. I'm not going to tell them like Bevan did that, you know, some kid's going to get sexually molested because you're protesting, but I will say you got to live within your means, just like everybody else. <laughs> you probably think I'm running for politics. I'm not. Uh, 
I am a politician. I just don't have to run for anything. All right, I got some stories here. This is one that uh, I think is important. Uh, Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church in Sun Valley, California, has long been warning Christians not to allow the line between social justice and church to blur. According to FaithWire, the 80-year-old pastor cautioned that the social justice movement can be divisive. In 2018, MacArthur wrote an introductory post to a blog series entitled Social Injustice in the Gospel, noting how evangelicals endorsing the social justice movement seem to have a very different perspective of the gospel. Their rhetoric certainly points to a different direction, demanding repentance and reparations from one ethnic group for the sins of its ancestors against another, MacArthur wrote. It's the language of law, not gospel. And worse, it mirrors the jargon of worldly politics and not the message of Christ. He added, it is a startling irony that believers from different ethnic groups, now one in Christ, have chosen to divide over ethnicity. They have a true spiritual unity in Christ, which they seem to disdain in favor of fleshly faction. And that is true. Everything's about race nowadays. And it's not about race. It's about humanity. But people are making it about race to cause divisions. MacArthur also noted that the significant shift taking place with evangelicalism's newfound obsessions with social justice, I'm convinced it's a shift that is moving many people, including some key evangelical leaders, off message and onto a trajectory that many other movements and denominations have taken before always with spiritually disastrous results. Now, I'm, I'm reading this to primarily to those of you listeners who go to churches, who care about Christ, who are uh, believers and go to church and listen to your pastor tell you this or that. A lot of times it's wrong what he's telling you. But uh, you got to be able to discern. In Christ alone are the barriers and dividing walls between people groups broken down, the enmity abolished, and differing cultures and ethnic groups are bound together in one new people. That's from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. He said, the black leaders whom I ministered during the Civil Rights Movement shared that conviction. You go to the Virgin Islands, you go to the Bahamas, go to anywhere in the Caribbean. Black and white do things together. It's not like it is in this country. There's not this racial divide. Uh, you have black people and white people going to church together. They're in Tortola, in the um, British Virgin Islands. They all go to the same church. 
the black guy's the mayor, the white guy's the banker, the black lady's the librarian, the white guy's the uh, hospital administrator. They don't have these kind of racial divides like we do in our country for some reason. And people use that as a wedge to exacerbate divisions and cause all kinds of calamity. And it doesn't need to be. Now, this is what what I like, what he says. Um, On Sunday, MacArthur spoke specifically to current events in a sermon titled, Who's to Blame for the Riots? In his sermon, he spoke out against the controversial calls to defund the police and wide distrust for the authority. Where is that coming from? Distrust for authority, hatred of those things that basically keep Anarchy from reigning in our country. That's coming from the pit of hell. That's coming from Satan himself because he sets himself up against God. All these calls to defund the police, it isn't about race because I tell you, it's going to fall the hardest on the black community if there's no policing. It's going to fall the hardest on those that are the most disadvantaged. He says, we are obviously living in very bizarre times that have produced massive fear and confusion. On top of that, our society is drowning in a sea of lies. Lies about virtually everything. And lies on top of fear and confusion create an almost fatal insecurity and a devastating chaos. We have little confidence in believing what politicians say or what health officials say, or what social activists say, or what university professors say, or what media says, or frankly, what religious leaders say. We have been lied to so constantly. Who is the father of lies in the Bible? It's Satan himself. He is the father of lies. That is who is behind All of this nonsense, you have to look at it through spiritual eyes. You have to understand that when you're being lied to, sometimes you're not fighting flesh and blood. You're fighting something spiritual. MacArthur continued speaking to current events and unrest. What is wrong? What's wrong exactly is what is stated in Isaiah 520. Whoa, that's a divine curse on those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's our society today. Calling evil good and good evil. It's it's everywhere. I could go through a whole list of stuff where our government, we as a people, call things that are evil good and call things that are good evil. And it's a lie. And it confuses people morally. And they end up living very confused and sad lives. Because of that, I'm not living a sad life. I'm not living a confused life. Oh, I get confused every now and then about how to do this or that. But 
Bottom line is I pray and ask God on a daily basis to guide me spiritually, mentally, morally, so that I can do the things that he wants me to do. You know, it's, it's, it's not about what Tom wants to do. It's about what God wants to do. That's the bottom line. MacArthur then warned that the call to defund law enforcement is ultimately a call to remove the God-given restraint of authority. That's exactly right. Calls to defund the police. And city councils all over this country and even some state legislatures are seriously considering this. They think that this is, you know, and uh, de Blasio in New York said, well, we're going to put it into youth services. Minneapolis, the mayor gets shouted down by this group of thugs, and then the city council is so compromised that nine out of 12 of them voted to defund the police. They're not going to have, if that goes through, they're not going to have police in Minneapolis. There's no way in hell I would visit Minneapolis at this point. They're ruining their city. And it's a beautiful place. I've been there before. I like it. Still like it. Resistance to authority is rebellion against God, not only government, MacArthur said, adding that God's work is done when resistance against authority is rightly punished. He says it all through the Bible. Pray that we might live peaceable lives. How are we going to live peaceable lives if we're living in chaos? If somebody can come and bash down your door and do this and that. That's why there's a justice system, he continued. This is why it's so horrendous. When we don't trust the FBI, we don't trust the Justice Department, we don't trust the people who have the power. Defund the police, destroy the respect for authority, MacArthur cautioned. I'm quoting from John MacArthur, who is the pastor of Grace Church out in California. He, I, he's had a radio program. I used to listen to it. I don't agree with him on several things. I, you know... I'm not a, his type of Calvinist and that kind of thing. All right. Stay with us. Got another half hour, and then we got an hour of the boys. It's the Tom Dupree Show. News Radio 630 WLAP. Just like it was years ago. And then a lady grabbed his arm. As he staggered down the aisle. And with all his country charm. From iHeartRadio, number one for podcasts. Stuff they don't want you to know. Something that many, many companies do, but is incredibly controversial, and that is big data. It's not necessarily something they don't want you to know, but they don't want you to know about it. It's kind of a known thing now that you are being tracked in all these different ways and looked at, but this is something that we feel you should know more about. It's hard to think of an institution more central to American life than the U.S. Postal Service. I'm Danny Glover, and both my parents were postal workers. 
The coronavirus has hurt the post office, but postal workers are still risking their own health on the front lines. Because it's more than a job, mail keeps us connected to business, to community, and to family. Join me in expressing gratitude to the men and women of the U.S. Postal Service. When you're ready for an unforgettable golf getaway, just pick your park, then hit the course. Nestled in beautiful surroundings, 13 Kentucky State Parks offer top-notch golf on nationally recognized courses. Overnight packages also add resort accommodations and amenities to the mix, creating the perfect opportunity to tee up a good time. Book your Kentucky State Parks golf getaway at parks.ky.gov. Daily deaths from COVID-19 are rising in 13 states. But as reopenings continue, the CDC has some new suggestions for people planning activities. ABC's Karina Mitchell has more. The Institute releasing new guidelines telling people if they attend large events to check beforehand if staff will wear masks. And if you're attending a cookout, they suggest bringing your own food in addition to wearing a mask and social distancing. Dr. Anthony Fauci stressing any crowded place is risky when asked about the president's upcoming rally and ongoing protests. That upcoming rally in Tulsa has been pushed back one day to June 20th, a week from today. The president says it's out of respect for Juneteenth, the holiday commemorating emancipation. President Trump drew criticism for scheduling the rally in Tulsa, site of one of the worst race massacres in American history. Demonstrators in Seattle continue to control a five-block area of the city, including a police precinct. There are no police in that area. Brian Clark, ABC News. Our weekend is kicking off on a partly sunny note for your Saturday. We've got temperatures still very nice for this time of year. Upper 70s and low 80s. Winds are gusty ahead of a cold front. It may spawn an isolated shower thunderstorm late today. Most of us stay dry. A little better shot for a stray storm or two around as we go into Sunday and Monday with temperatures back into the 70s for a high. Have a great weekend, everybody. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. I'm Tom Dupree of Dupree Financial Group. We've been through a lot lately. COVID, the market decline, it's enough already. The good news is we are back in our offices and can do face-to-face meetings with clients and prospects. This gives us the ability to better explain our investment style and give proper advice for each client. We still support the reopening of Kentucky. It's not happening fast enough, and Kentucky's nation-leading unemployment rate is an example of that. For that, look to our governor and his staff. We'd love the opportunity to meet with you if you've recently been furloughed or laid off to help you with the investment of your 401k or 403b plan. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 233-0400. This is Ryan Lemon, and I have told you how much I love my new home security system installed and monitored by Silent Guard. 
Well, now, for all of you do-it-yourselfers out there, they're offering a new option, Aegis by Silent Guard. You buy the equipment, Silent Guard programs it, and then you plug it in. It's do-it-yourself security from the local trusted professionals at Silent Guard. Systems start as low as $129 with month-to-month monitoring at $19.95 per month with no contract. Visit AegisbySilentGuard.com. That's A-E-G-I-S by SilentGuard.com today. These days, being a small business means navigating uncertainty in a constantly changing situation. So if you're looking for one trusted source that will keep you informed daily, visit the iHeartRadio Small Business Crisis Resource. There you'll find small business resources to help you get through this, including the latest info on loans, grants, and other forms of relief. You'll also see stories about small businesses making a difference. So let's get through this together. Visit iHeart.com slash small business today. That's iHeart.com slash small business. Has this ever happened to you? I bought football tickets for my husband's birthday, and now I'm in a football bubble. All I see online are articles and ads about football. I hate feeling like I'm being manipulated. I downloaded DuckDuckGo and saw a difference right away. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers, all for free. It's that simple. Take back your privacy online with DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. 630 WLAP. My life has been a true blessing. I could have never dreamed to have lived as happily and as well as I've lived all these years. And if I passed away tomorrow, all the folks that knew me well can say, well, boy, he sure lived like he wanted to live. Been listening to him ever since I uh, saw him on Hee Haul in the early '80s. 
with with my there grandparents. And I've always loved John Anderson. I mean, he's just got a good pure country voice and always enjoyed his songs. And you know, it's not it's not that wild barroom honky tonk country music that I like, even though he does have some of those songs. But I mean, it's just good solid country gold music and I, i've always enjoyed him always have and and he's i don't know if he's written every song that he's ever sang but there's always there's always a little humor in it too as well yeah which, and, and he he does he does have a florida tilt to it yeah. to some degree he he talks about you know, he's just a—he's just an old cracker, what they call him down here. Uh, just an uh, old country boy, old country white boy from Florida, and uh, and he can rock out too. I've I've uh, I've heard him rock out on a few songs. Have you? Yeah, I have. And uh, one of my biggest concert regrets was um, I had a chance to go see him a couple years ago at Renfro Valley, and I was I was just too busy and couldn't make the trip on the weekend. And now I'm just kind of kicking myself that. I never did get a chance to see John Anderson. So I'm hope hopefully when all this virus stuff passes and um there there's a chance to get back to some live shows. I, I hope he makes the rounds again and can get back to Renfro Valley so I can uh check him off my bucket list. There you go. Well, take me with you. Let's do it. I, I'm all about it. By the way, um I don't I don't know if you've kept up, but Renfro Valley canceled their whole season due to the virus i'm sure they did yeah and, and I, i'm sad about that because i love taking a few trips down to renfro valley to uh, hear some good country music and um that's kind oh, of it's, it's, it's crazy the stuff that's been canceled yeah yeah it, it really has been so uh, i mean you know n- n- there, there's no baseball i mean it's just it, it's it, you know down here they just now let fishing guides within the last couple of weeks let fishing guides start taking customers out fishing again. I mean, you know, you couldn't even get in a boat with a fishing guide. Yeah, and before we uh, got on the air, we were we were talking about what we've been doing to pass the time. And I, first thing I told you, I've been doing a lot of fishing lately, and it seems like that's kind of the safest yeah. thing to do is just go out on a lake, go out on a pond with uh, your fishing pole and some night crawlers. And I couldn't think of a better way to really social distance yourself from everybody yeah you've you got to make sure you social you distance yourself from the fish when you catch it you know? right well um based on all the uh free meals i gave the fish last weekend i can tell you that they are not practicing the uh governor's uh advice and the cdc's advice on social distancing okay well you'll get better i hope so that's that's the goal by the end of the summer yeah there you go all right i got a story here And this is how it goes. Why supporting Black Lives Matter is anti-Christian and anti-life. There's a distinction and an important distinction between supporting the Black Lives Matter organization and lovingly supporting black people whose lives matter. Understand what I'm saying. Black Lives Matter... Inc. is an organization. It's an organization that is distinct from black people whose lives matter. Now, what I've seen in the last week or so uh, before we left is a lot of people walking around with uh, signs 
that said Black Lives Matter. Coach Stoops was out marching with a mask on and a shirt that said Black Lives Matter. I'm going to read from this article. It's by Sarah St. Ange. It's in The Federalist. As a Christian pro-life advocate, I often hear the words, you're not really Christian unless. According to thinkers on the left side of the spectrum, what you must support to claim the title Christian is extensive. The most common arguments typically boil down to, you're not a real Christian unless you solve every social ill known to man. One recent derivative of this assertion is, you can't be Christian unless you affirm that black lives matter. On the surface, it seems obvious that to properly represent a position that states all men are created in the image of God, you would indeed need to affirm, affirmatively declare that black lives matter. Our Christian faith requires we believe in the intrinsic value of all life. Love for our fellow man is the motivation for promoting life-affirming culture. If our black brothers and sisters feel they've been disenfranchised, addressing this carefully is paramount to getting to the truth and healing wounds. Loving and supporting black people's goals of equity and opportunity is vital for those who hope to see a universal acceptance of the sanctity of all life. Now, I said earlier that in the Virgin Islands, the Bahamas, many places in the Caribbean, there seems to be very little, if any, difference between black and white people. They all work together. They seem to not notice racial differences, and they go on about their business. For some reason in the U.S., the differences have been stirred up, have been fomented, have been used as a wedge driven between black and white people to keep us from doing business together. But while, the, while BLM, the organization, declares it also, those are also the initials of the Bureau of Land Management, which is the U.S. equivalent of the National Forest Service out west. But while BLM, the organization, declares their movement a natural phenomenon and its organization decentralized, the hashtag Black Lives Matter was intentionally marketed to a specific cause. As such... We must be cautious to clarify that affirming Black Lives Matter is different than supporting Black Lives Matter, the 501c3, its chapters, and its partners. Believe me, Black Lives Matter, the organization, collects money, pays salaries, has headquarters, and is a corporate entity. It's not a for-profit entity. It's a non-profit, but it is still an entity. Christians should limit our use of popular hashtags, primarily Black Lives Matter and Hands Up, Don't Shoot, to share messages regarding equality. Hashtag advocacy leads back to the organization's 
that create the hashtags. In this case, it means directing friends and families to an overt effort to fundamentally remake the world with socialist ideas. Ideas that often directly contradict the message of the gospel. Black Lives Matter began as a social media hashtag intended to bring attention to the death of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, who was shot by George Zimmerman, as they called him, a white Hispanic. The words were a desperate cry for justice. As arguments regarding white supremacy and gun control dominated the airwaves, black men and women were burying their sons. In a country that believed it had finally broken the race barrier, electing the first black president just a few years before, this contradiction was unacceptable. In her famous 2013 letter to black people, Black Lives Matter founder and community organizer Alicia Garza wrote, I continue to be surprised at how little black lives matter. Her friend and fellow organizer, Patrice Con Colors, created a hashtag, Black Lives Matter, and uh, another organizer friend, Opal Tometi, saw the marketing potential, purchased the domain name, and created a social media presence. The three formed the official Black Lives Matter network after the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Since 2013, Black Lives Matter has grown to 40 chapters worldwide. This is a franchise deal. It, I mean, it, it has offices. It ain't just a bunch of white kids going downtown holding up signs that say Black Lives Matter. It's an organization. Nothing really wrong with that until you start to look at the aims of the organization. Famous faces and influences like John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, and Beyonce Knowles openly support and promote Black Lives Matter. As a, result, as a movement, it is here to stay. Yet, despite its seeming newness, Black Lives Matter is just part of a movement that has been in existence under, for, for decades under different names. While it's considered lazy scholarship to declare those who have left-wing politics socialists, all three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement have openly shared their desires to end capitalism. In their online articles, videos, and interviews, all three allude to concepts that originate in socialism, communism, or Marxism. These are the founders of the Black Lives Matter organization. Not, not some white kid walking around downtown with a Black Lives Matter sign. We're talking about the organization Black Lives Matter that has 40 chapters worldwide or nationwide. It's a 501c3 organization, which means it has to report a Form 990 to the IRS. You know, these people are taking in money, paying salaries, the whole nine yards. Garza started her organizing career working in abortion advocacy. I means she's promoting abortion. 
before moving on to groups like NDWA, Soul, and Power, which merged with CJJC in 2014 and RTTC, all of which focus on worker and housing activism via anti-capitalist activism. Okay, we're linking it now back to the the fact that those, you know, I've been told by a lot of my liberal friends that the looters and the rioters are distinct from the protesters. They, you know, they've said it's Antifa or somebody, that the people tearing down and, and burning are different from those that are, that are legitimate protesters. Well, let's look at this, because most of the protesters have signs that say Black Lives Matter. And if they're referring to the organization, then they're referring to an organization that wants to see capitalism abolished. And when you abolish capitalism, you basically abolish property rights. And when you abolish property rights, it's okay to tear stuff up. Colors works in jail and policing activism as the founder of Dignity and Power Now. Her philosophy rests on the concept of prison abolition and reparations in financial compensation and land redistribution. She promotes, these are the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement that is the organization that's the 501c3. She promotes BDS, the left, anti-Semitic boycott, divest and sanction movement, both as a signatory to public statements supporting Palestinians and in articles she's written. She speaks eloquently about people's-led socialist movement in South America and once was mentored by Eric Mann, a former agitator, agitator of the Weather Underground. Domestic terrorism organization. Now, these people kill people. Bill Ayers, that whole group, they, they uh, made bombs, blew up stuff, killing people. I might add that the leader of Black Lives Matter L.A. is advocating putting together something akin to an army armed people, and they want to shoot policemen. So, Coach Stoops, and I'm talking to you, when you're out there marching with your Black Lives Matter T-shirt on, are you supporting an organization that wants to kill cops? Coach Stoops, you are a leader in this community, you've put together an exemplary football program. Exemplary. Built it from nothing over the years you've been here. Brought in good recruits, that kind of thing. When you're marching, wearing that T-shirt, are you supporting this kind of, this kind of philosophy? I would simply ask you that. And uh, 
you know, I, I, I kind of doubt you are. And it's perhaps because you haven't done the research of what is behind this group. Uh, virtually all of the spaces, Black Lives Matter, the, we're talking about the organization now, the 501c organization, 501c3 organization, virtually all the spaces the Black Lives Matter and its founders inhabit are associated with leftist or openly socialist worker movements. All three women have spoken at Left Forum, a think tank for socialists, which engages high-profile communists, socialists, and Marxists as keynote speakers. Speakers include luminaries such as Marxist Sylvia Frederici and Francis Fox Piven. Now, there's a lot of young people that are listening. They're right. <laughs> I don't think there's many young people listening to this show. It's it's there may be some, but you may not know the difference. You take socialist or you take capitalism so for granted, having material things at your at your beck and call, that you don't know what socialism is. You've, you've never lived in a society where you just can't get things, where stuff is, is uh, inaccessible to you. But believe you me, whenever, just about, whenever there is protest in the U.S. these days, property destruction follows. And whenever property destruction follows, it's tied to some sort of group that is for the overthrow of the government, of the business class, of the type of life you've come to understand, for you to be able to go buy stuff. Black Lives Matter has sponsored town hall meetings with leftist extremists, even the leftist agitation group Southern Paul, Southern Poverty Law Center finds objectionable. Southern Poverty Law Center is about as left-wing as you can get, and if they find some leftist extremist objectionable, buddy, they're pretty out there. They've written touching eulogies for mass murderers who brutally suppress Christianity. They've created narratives to characterize a law enforcement officer as inherently aggressive and deceptive, even when forensics have shown their position to be inaccurate. While I agree that criminal justice reforms are needed, BLM's misleading coverage uh, forced the police officer involved in the Brown shooting to go into hiding due to death threat. Although we're six years removed from 2014, Still remains in hiding. All right, I got it in. Hang with us. We got another hour coming up. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP.